Lavinia Fisher was born in 1793, however the location of her birth is unknown, along with her maiden name. Actually, almost nothing is known of her life prior to her marriage, but this is unsurprising as mystery often goes hand in hand with legends. Hello, welcome to Infamous Individuals Episode 2. I am Morgan, your storyteller, and joining me is my resident audience surrogate, Dom. Hello, I'm glad that our roles have been perfectly clarified. <laughs> I thought, you know, just in case people thought, like, like what's Dom doing here? What's his, what's his role? And then, like, what does Morgan do? He just kind of talks the whole time. Now we know I'm the storyteller and you are my audience. The audience surrogate. Glad to be here. Are you ready for a tale as old as time? Absolutely. Yeah? How old? Um, I, I don't... I can't do the math <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh, how long ago was the 1700s? Oh, that's at least as old as time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm glad. So I got it right? Big time. as old as time? All right. Um, today, I will be telling the story of Lavinia Fisher, who has gone down in legend as the first female serial killer in the United States of America. Ooh. Okay. I, th- I thought I'd get a bigger reaction. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, no. It, it was a, it was a very um, like, oh, tell me more. Ah. Like, oh, like this a, is going to be a good one. Like, a tell me more, tell me yeah, more. Did yeah. she have a car? I didn't want to interrupt too much because yeah, it's fair. like I want to hear. But uh, one thing to keep in mind: stories and legends aren't always correct, Dom. So make sure you keep a couple of grains of salt on standby for this one. All right, all right. All right. So. Uh, Lavinia was a beautiful and charming woman who we know was born in 1793. Um, as we said before, location unknown, maiden name unknown. But she married John Fisher and they lived in or near Charleston, South Carolina. They made their living throughout the 1800s operating the Six Mile Wayfarer House Hotel. Do you have any guesses as to why it is called the Six Mile Wayfarer Hotel? House Hotel. Is it? Six miles from the city. That is correct. It is six hey. miles outside of Charleston, or just under 10 kilometers for us and most of the world. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> um, it was around this time that men visiting Charleston began mysteriously disappearing. As more men went missing and more reports were filed, the authorities determined that these men were last seen at the Six Mile Wayfarer House, or the just under 10 kilometer Wayfarer House. I think that is what it should be called (laughs) as from now on. That's canon, yeah? Yeah. So the authorities began an investigation, but due to the lack of evidence and the couple's popularity in town, the investigation was quickly dropped. Lavinia's beauty and charm was key to her popularity in the community and to the business of the hotel. However, as it turned out, she also used these same characteristics to help her husband rob and kill many male travellers. And as more and more men went missing, the rumour mill began to do its work. So people were starting to talk, you know, Mm. they were like, man, a lot of men going missing missing at this hotel. Yeah, that's odd. Um, This soon led to the community forming some kind of vigilante squad in February of 1819. Uh, they went to Fishers to put a stop to the activities that were occurring there. Again, as is common in this, uh, it's not known what they may have said or done, but they were supposedly satisfied with their task as they returned to Charleston. Is it known that Vigilante Squad was their name? 
Because that's just speculative. Very important to me that they did call themselves the Vigilante Squad. We would call them a Vigilante Squad. What they called themselves at the time is unknown. They may have been called the men are going missing and we are quite irked. Let's go figure this out, squad. <laughs> or the Magawikur Squad. Yeah, that one. Was that what I said? Condensed I do it? not know. <laughs> they did, however, leave a man named David Ross to stand watch in the area after he had left. So mm-hmm. he uh, he was like just standing around, keeping an eye out. You know how it is. Textbook vigilante squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Visit. Ask some questions, yeah. leave someone behind. Yeah, keep an eye on it. It's like a neighbourhood watch sort of sitch. Maybe they just call themselves the neighbourhood watch. Probably. <laughs> um, turns out, though, that David drew the short straw because the next morning he was apparently attacked by two men and dragged before a group of more men and the legend herself, Lavinia Fisher. Oh. Foolishly, young David, I say young, but I actually don't know who his age. <laughs> I'm just assuming. Um, foolishly, he looked to Lavinia for help but instead she allegedly choked him and smashed his head through a window. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know I said that quite uh, casually, but it's pretty wild response. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, thus removing all doubt (laughs) as to who's the villain in this story. Yeah, um, you know, like in that confrontation when like you're like, oh, you see two people. It's like, which one of these is Mm. the good guy? Which one of these is the bad guy? And one of them chokes the other one and slams their head through a window. Very quickly answers that question. Very quickly answers that question. Also, um... Bad decision, um, because when cho- when choosing who to trust in that situation, maybe don't choose the person who the night earlier you accused of being a serial killer. Look, yeah, probably. <laughs> well, we don't know what they said. Don't know what happened. They may have rocked up and been like, "Hey, we're starting a neighborhood watch. <laughs> Would you like to join?" Luckily for young David, he was somehow able to escape. Oh, wow. Uh, once again, the legend is light on the specific details, but he got away, so good for him. Uh, and now enter John Peoples. P-E-E-P-L-E-S. Yes. Um, it was around this time John was travelling from Georgia to Charleston, and he was tired from his long trip. Mm. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I'm on a long trip and I get tired, I like to find a nice place to rest. But unfortunately for John... He chose to rest at the just under nine kilometer oh dear. Wayfarer house. That that is a shame. Yeah, not not the best decision. Yes. There's also I think there's multiple ones like four mile, six mile, eight mile. Okay. So if he'd just gone another couple, couple of miles, miles, he would have been fine. Um, he was warmly greeted by the beautiful Lavinia, who informed him they didn't have a room available, but invited him in for tea and a meal. Her company was so pleasant that he ignored Lavinia's husband's odd glances at him and chatted with her, answering every question. When she excused herself from the table for a moment, she returned with tea and good news. A room had suddenly become available if John still wanted it. That's... That's sus. Very sus, isn't it? Very sus. But hey, you know, you're... I can see why you wouldn't be... Why you wouldn't be... Concerned, you know, you're from out of town, you're coming through. How many times have you been to a hotel and been like non suspicious? Like, exactly. You're like, oh, look at this hotel. It's 48 furlongs away from the town. I'm going to stop here for the night. I wonder if they've got a room. Oh, the, the, the woman who runs it's really nice and she's found me a room. I'm going to stay here. Got a creepy husband, but you know, he lives in a hotel, so that's probably just the vibe. <laughs> um, I see faulty towels. They're all a bit weird. <laughs> so, um, John accepted and Lavinia poured him a cup of tea. 
Luckily for him, though, he didn't actually like tea and he just didn't want to seem impolite. Okay. Um, so instead of refusing it or leaving it untouched... Did he do the throw it in a pot He suddenly thing? pulled it out when she no. wasn't looking. No. Very, very smooth. He said this is the tale's oldest time. Is this the first instance of the oldest trick in the book? Maybe. Um, I can't. I can only speculate at how smooth he was. Um, but she didn't see him, so I really hope it was not smooth at all. Do you reckon it was like a one of the? I think over the shoulder. Over the shoulder. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Onto the floor. <laughs> After he was done, uh, Lavinia showed him to his room, and now alone in his room. John began to wonder why she'd asked so many questions and why was her husband staring at him all evening? Legitimate questions. Valid. He felt uncomfortable with all the information that he had divulged mm-hmm. and worried he may have made himself a target for a robbery. So he he, he was aware that, like, man, I don't know why I told her my social security number and my <laughs> pin like, my pin A little code. bit too late. <laughs> why did you want to know my mother's maiden name? Yeah. The street I first lived on. Yeah, these were all personal information that I just gave her away. She must have been very pretty. Hmm. But he, Johnny Boy decided that he felt safer in the chair by the door and elected to rest there instead of on the bed. Clever. Yeah. Remain just, in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm stuck here, but I'm... I'm not. I'm going to do something a not bit unexpected. Go, not going to go two more miles to the next hotel. I'm going to sit on the chair instead of on the mm. bed. And he dozed until he was awakened by a loud noise. Looking around the dark room, John realized that the bed he had had the good sense not to sleep in had disappeared into a deep hole in the floor. Oh my goodness! What? That would be pretty scary, right? Okay, I thought this was going to be a story about, like, she, like, drugs people and stabs them and stuff, but you're telling me there's a murder room with hidden trapdoors? I'm telling you there, the bed supposedly goes through the floor. Oh, my goodness. Which is very reminiscent of, and he's on the list, and we'll get to him at some point, but I don't know if you're familiar with H.H. H. Holmes? No. We will get to him at some point, but it is very reminiscent of that. H.H. Mm-hmm. Um, H. Holmes, for those who don't know, uh, ran a murder motel. Like this seems like fully, she's running a murder motel. Fully booby-trapped and everything. Oh we'll get to him. He is on the list. But of course, this shocking realisation led to John making the quick decision to jump out the window, get on his horse and flee to the authorities in Charleston. Honestly, if you make a different decision in that moment. <laughs> he made the, the quick decision to stay <laughs> and, and rough it out. Look, no. Um, every well, sh- Surely the floor can't open up more. <laughs> Yeah, like, surely I just stay away from the big hole in the floor and I'm fine. Now, at the start of John's tale, you thought it was going badly for old John, didn't you? You didn't think he was going to make it out of that hotel? I did not think he was going to make it out of that hotel. I was 100% sure that he was going to... I thought, you know, I mean, he had a bit of his wits about him with the tea thing, but more than that, it was he really just, he didn't like tea. So, I didn't so you have think high it's, hopes for it. You think it I was more maybe luck? there'd be like a struggle... Didn't have hugely high hopes for Look, him. yeah, I feel like it would have gone a bit differently had they actually come into the room. But the whole trapdoor thing was like, well, I'm out of here. Had they come it in, they would have just seen he wasn't on the bed and was in the chair and they would have yes, knifed yeah. in there. It is lazy murdering, that's for sure. Lazy or efficient? It's true, you don't... I mean, how many trapdoors are there? So uh, this incident uh, led to the police promptly arresting John and Lavinia Fisher, as well as two other men that they had been operating with. The uh, six-mile Wayfarer house, just under 10-kilometer Wayfarer house, was then thoroughly searched and the grounds dug up. 
it was supposedly filled with hidden passages. The sheriff reportedly found items that could be traced to dozens of travellers, a tea laced with an herb that could put someone to sleep for hours, a mechanism that could be triggered to open the floorboards beneath the bed and in the basement as many as a hundred sets of remains. Oh my goodness. They were busy bees. Busy little Robin and Murder and Bees. Wow. Um, But the fishers pled not guilty, but were ordered to stay in jail until their trial. However, their co-conspirators were released on bail. At their trial in May, the jury didn't agree with their innocent plea, found them guilty of multiple robberies and murders, and they were sentenced to hang. Wow. So do we know their motivation? They just liked more robbing and murdering. My goodness. Maybe they they wanted to upgrade to a, th- a f- two-mile <laughs> or a four-mile <laughs> welfare house. And they needed the money for that. Surely not, because think of all the work that went into renovating that place. Yeah. To add in the hidden trap doors and the, the creepy basement with bones and stuff and all the hidden passages and things like that. And the doors near the chair. No, the chairs near the door. <laughs> um, after they were sentenced to hang, of course, they were given time to appeal the conviction. And during this time, being such criminal masterminds, they occupied themselves by formulating an audacious escape plan. Housed together in a jail that was not heavily guarded, they began making a classic rope from jail linens. You know the classic jail linens rope. Everyone's familiar with it. Maybe this was the first one. Maybe it wasn't classic. This could be the legend that originated it. These guys are pretty inventive with Mm. the whole trap doors and chairs near doors and hidden passages and murder room. Yeah, they're they're not lacking for a creative flair. I'll Mm. give them that. So on September 13th, They put their plan into action and used the rope to drop down to the ground. John made it out, but the rope broke, leaving Lavinia trapped in the cell. Not willing to go without his wife, he returned to the jail. And if that isn't love, I don't know what is. (laughs) Hey, guys. Just knock. Hey, guys. I escaped, but... I want to. I want to come back in. Yeah, I, I, I forgot something. <laughs> yeah, I forgot something, and uh, she'll never let me. The old ball and chain. <laughs> this in this moment, she is literally a ball and chain. She what? is holding him back. <laughs> what? What must that moment be like for a prison guard? When you're like the guy, so the guy knocks at the door. You open. You're like, you look oh, hi. Old, oddly hey. like a guy that's meant to be Hang inside. On. Wait, which, which, am I on the wrong side here, or are you... that would not go down well? Yeah, you'd, you'd probably be like, this is just not my day. How to imagine going home? It's like, how was your day at work, honey? Oh boy, well, the guy escaped and he turned himself in. <laughs> Didn't do anything. And work. it's like, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> Um, unsurprisingly, after this, the pair were kept under much tighter security. That makes sense. Uh, in February 1820, the Constitutional Court rejected their appeal mm. and their execution was scheduled for later that month. All right. So it's going ahead. Mm-hmm. And on the morning of the 18th of February, the Fishers were taken from the Charleston Jail to be hanged on the gallows behind the building. John Fisher went quietly praying with the minister, whom he had asked to read a letter for him. The letter was read before a crowd of some 2,000 people. It stated that he had recently become a Christian, insisted on his innocence, and asked for mercy for those who had done him wrong in the judicial process. He then began to verbally plead his case before the gathered crowd, but before he was hanged, he seemingly contradicted himself by asking for their forgiveness. So at the start, he was like, 
I insist it. on my innocence. And then towards the end, he was he, he sensed the tide hadn't turned. He was like, okay, please forgive me. Hedging your bets. Yeah, yeah. He, maybe this was the first time someone hedged their bets. <laughs> Lavinia, on the other hand, did not go so quietly. Oh, dear. She had requested to wear her wedding dress and refusing to walk to the gallows had to be picked up and carried as she ranted and raved. A woman does like to make a statement. There wasn't a lot of entertainment options back then, <laughs> so I'm sure people enjoyed this spectacle. For sure, yeah. right? I mean, I think that's why they went to the gallows in the first place. And then when it was like this dramatic, I'm sure it was like, you know, like on a good day when like mm. Bold and the Beautiful is like, there's a murder like going to happen really, on this episode. really, really exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh my God, you will not believe what happened at the hanging today. This is the equivalent of that, yeah. Um, she continued to scream pointedly at the Charleston socialites, who she blamed for encouraging a conviction. Before her executioners could tighten the noose around her neck, she yelled into the crowd, If you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me. I'll carry it. What a badass thing to say. Carrying on from last episode, which was Ned Kelly, both two people had some pretty interesting last s- words. We need to start a tally of like best last words, because... I'm putting that at the top of the list. Yeah, this is better than um, such as life or yeah, alas, it has come sure. to this. But you know, it's have you like have you thought what you would say if you were like your last words you were going to get hanged or something? Have you ever thought of they had time in jail surely to think sure, about? Sure, but yeah, I, know, I, I haven't. Just, but right now that's on the short list. Yeah, this podcast is making me think about like oh maybe I need to develop something like that. Just have something ready to go in your back pocket just in case. So after delivering this uh, classic one-liner, <laughs> um, before the uh, the hangman could finish the job, she jumped off the scaffold herself. Uh, not quite reaching the ground, she dangled down into the crowd. Uh, later, onlookers would say they had never seen such a wicked stare or chilling sneer as that which was on 27-year-old Lavinia's face. Wow. So she was going out on her own merits there. For sure. Like... That is that is some confidence. Yeah, and so ends the legend. Nice quick one for you. Mm. What did you think of the legend of Lavinia Fisher there? I thought that was a spectacular legend of of truly epic proportions. Did not see the murder room coming. My goodness. Mm. Just just I it's, you know it's it's one thing to you know I mean Last time we spoke about like outlaws who did killing and stuff and all of this, and it's just like, but then it's a whole other thing to like premeditate to a degree where you're like building trapdoors and hidden passages and stuff. That's just pure evil, right? Yeah, it's like, look, we could just rob people, but what? Let's. What's the best possible way to do it? How do? Like they Mm. gave it thought. Yeah, they put a lot of thought into it, or did they? Because now. As uh, as doing our due diligence, we are mm-hmm. going to look past the uh, legend, beyond the legend, so to speak. Because uh, historical records do not actually indicate that hundreds of remains were found in the <gasps> Fisher's basement. In fact, there were only a couple of bodies dug up on the property, but nothing to tie them to the Fishers for sure. And according to the records, they were never charged with murder. Ooh. So while Fishers claim to be the first female serial killer in the United States... That distinction likely belongs to Jane Toppin, who confessed to 31 murders in 1901 and was found not guilty by reason of insanity. And we will eventually get to Jane. She is on our list as well. Um, Also caught into question is the fact Lavinia wore her wedding dress Mm -hmm. to her execution or that she jumped from the scaffold herself. 
But one thing the records do agree on is the fact that they robbed many travellers and highway robbery was a hanging offence at the time. From the newspaper article I read, it seemed more like they were just a gang of people. Like right. It was John, Lavinia and a couple of boys, the just boys who we mentioned people, people. And they were... A couple got, people got highway killed robbery. in the process. Yes. I mean, there was... They, they found like one fresh body and they couldn't really tie it. So it's like they were just robbing people, essentially. It is both better but also less exciting. Well, no. the legend is fun to tell. Yeah. And, like, there's the whole thing about the wedding dress and, like... The jumping off the platform yourself. It's very the, dramatic. The last words. Yeah. My goodness. And it's like, I wonder why she was... I think there must have been something about her character at the time, potentially, that people were like, there's more to this woman. She's got a... She's legend material. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the legend has lived on in Charleston lore for quite a long time and stories of Lavinia's ghost are still prominent to this day. You can go on ghost tours, uh, Lavinia's ghost in Charleston, apparently. Can you go to the hotel? Um, I believe there are remnants of some of the hotels oh around, goodness. but I'm not sure that that one is one of them. It's a shame. Yeah. Really? Well, because like it, because it probably wasn't of, a trapdoor, was well, it? Yeah. Also, I don't know if you're aware how towns work; they grow. Mm. So, like the six mile would eventually become uh, like the, she. She had have just waited for population growth, and she would have got no wish of owning the two mile hotel. Yeah. <laughs> time, time cures all wounds. So yeah, look, it's it's an interesting episode today. Nice quick one, but Lavinia Fisher is widely known to be the first female serial killer, but it's. Not necessarily true. It could be all a legend. What do you think of that, Dom? I choose to believe you in Richard believe? Parker. Who's Richard Parker? Isn't that the name of the uh, the the tiger in the life of Pi? Is it? <laughs> I think so. What, what's that got to do with this? Is that a thing? Is yes. that a line from the movie? No, there was the thought of... um. Okay. Um, okay, I don't think it was Richard Parker. <laughs> What was the name of the thing? I don't understand this bit. It's the the, the he was the um the, the life of Pi. There was the, there was the whole story. You've He's seen on the this, boat right? with the on tiger. The boat with the tiger. But then there was the bit at the end. It was like, did that actually happen? And he was like, well, what do you think? So the tiger maybe wasn't there. And the tiger was named. So was Richard and Parker. what you're saying with that is you choose to believe that Lavinia Fisher was the tiger in the life. Of yeah, it was the tiger in the life. Of Pi. I choose I get to it. believe. That she did the trapdoors and the jumping off and the famous last words. Well, it is much more better to believe that legend. Um, I don't know what I believe. I like to keep my mind open. But I will tell you one thing that I learned from this episode. And that is, if I ever go to a hotel and a beautiful woman offers me a cup of tea, but over the shoulder I see her husband creepily mm-hmm. staring at me, Two I'm going to I'm gonna toss that tea toss over my tea shoulder, over shoulder. And I'm sleeping, sleeping in the chair in that the night. Sleeping in the chair next to the door. And uh, with that... <laughs> We'll be back next week with some more with another infamous individual, uh, or next week or next month. I don't know what the time frame for this is. We'll be back in the future mm-hmm. with another infamous individual, and uh, until then, uh, be careful of the uh, the ladies that work in hotels. It's just good advice, yeah, really, isn't solid it? advice. <laughs> Thanks for that one, Morgan. That was truly a uh, infamous tale. Thank you for listening. This has been a Spiky Trap Radio production. For more Spiky Trap Radio content, please head to spikytrap.com.